And the moment I step out of that and I offer just anything to anyone around me, it will just immediately break the spell somehow. And I will feel again how just love flows towards me. I don't even know from where it's coming. Hello and welcome. You are listening to A Walk in the Heart, a podcast about Tantra, psychology and spirituality. Join us as we explore what spiritual wisdom can offer to people like you and me. Thank you for being here. Hello and welcome everyone back to A Walk in the Heart, our podcast on Tantra, Psychology and Spirituality. I'm your host, Maria Blandin-Wegener. And in today's episode, we want to um, bring to you some general ideas, outlooks on the big subject of love and somehow discussing a bit what does it practically mean um, to experience real love? What is real love? So we attempt to play a little bit with this concept from uh, our experience and from the spiritual viewpoint as well. Um, before we start, please be so kind and hit the like and subscribe buttons and ring the bell and give us a review on uh, on your podcast provider wherever you're listening to this. It will help us tremendously to keep doing more of these uh, wonderful episodes and if you like what we are doing then finally we'll also be able to get better and better equipment we hope already today you like the sound a little bit more than usual um so yeah let's get to the episode and thanks for tuning in hi everyone i'm here today with my co-host uriel yariv um, if you forgot since the intro, I'm Maria Blandin. We are both psychologists, we are both tantra teachers, uh, yogis and all of that stuff. And we want to tackle a bit the big question on what is love today? What is real love? Um, it sort of came to me to speak about this because it is just the eternal question that keeps returning. And that seems to be true also for... Um, for our teachers and just friends around that might be uh, dabbling in, in similar subjects as we do. And it seems to be continuously a thing for people to try to figure out, okay, why did this relationship uh, break? Why um, is it so difficult to love through this in my current relationship? Um, what's the difference between romantic love, friendship love, and so on? This It just seems to be such a recurring subject so that I thought, it would be great to um, yeah to have a little bit of a chat about it. So I want to ask you right away, what what do you think constitutes real true love, and and how might it be different from from not a real true love, basically? I feel that the deep goal of human life is to find such a love, and if you look at children. If you look at the eyes of children, they have genuine hope that they're just about to find that love. Hmm. So they feel that I will find true love and that would be the center of my life. And this is why they are so adorable, because they are in tune with that. 
And then because at least as the human societies that, that I know, we didn't really get the idea and we don't complete the journey that maybe we should have completed when we were six years old or ten years old. But we don't give them the tools to complete that and there is not an environment to experience true love and they are not strong enough themselves to assimilate it. And then gradually you see how the hope in the eyes, they're five, they're seven, they're ten. And this hope for true love, it starts to diminish. And when that hope is gone, we live a kind of pseudo life. And you can see what, what kids, as they get older, what they are interested in and what grown-ups are interested in and how little satisfaction it has in the absence of love. So if we are searching for real love, I feel it is the key and the central ingredient of human life. And if we can come in this little talk and have a little bit of a clearer understanding of what true love is and show a little bit of steps of how we can find true love, maybe we can rekindle the spark of hope that we all had. We were all children once and we all had that hope for true love. And if we can now as grown-ups readdress and reawaken the a mature hope now to attain such a, a pure and true love and then to center our life around it as it should be, then this would be a good podcast. I mean, if we can do that, if we can sparkle both the hope, a little bit of tools and a little bit of understanding, this would be a good, a good talk. So what do you think happens to that child from the from I think it's a it's a great example. You have the little baby there with the big eyes and the sparks and the, also the willingness actually to to love yes. in the way they can. Right. I remember us having once uh, one of these angel walks and everybody's lovey dovey and sweet. And there was just this like a mother entering into this circle of love, basically. And there was this little she had this little I don't know, maybe like 10 month, 11 month year old baby in her arms. So it, the baby was um, old enough to understand something is going on. There's love poured upon it. And uh, it was still small enough to have absolutely no filter somehow. And it was just these big eyes and radiating the wish to, to, to love also and to be loved and to just bathe in that somehow and let the love flow in that way but I wonder like um, okay so we have the, the dimension of, of ingredients of, of upbringing all right so how would we bring up a child to to love in a better way to love in a in a more complete way in a real way like where's the line you know where's the difference yeah I feel it is our understanding as adults and the understanding of real love for us as adults and after we have the established inner state inside of us love will guide us it doesn't um, it is not enough to have an intellect intellectual clear understanding of love we need to have the inner state there and then you know your children become what you are not what you tell them mm. they will be as you are so our responsibility 
as adults and the education of children is to be that real example of love and for that the first step is to realize the uttermost importance of it this is the challenge of human existence i mean it's not such a big deal to survive we we will all i mean we will not die of starvation you know and fine it's okay you need to go some hours to work and you need to do some of this and that but then in people's free times they rarely rarely even pose the question that we pose here what is real love and how can i attain it you know it's more like very very indirectly how can i make the world turn so i can get some love from people And if we stop addressing or let's say we discard the superficial addressing of love and we just, you know, wash our face and and just look at it in a fresh way and say, hey, I can transform my deep understanding to love and I, I don't need to just copy other people in my relationship with love. I can examine it. I can wrestle with this idea and I could... I could come to a to a fresh understanding and I could grow in love as we speak also in other lectures about active love and so I, I feel the first challenge that we have is to put the question mm. and to start this is the first step if, if you are already putting this the question you're on the good path if you already are saying okay I yearn for love let me just uh, first confess it to myself who doesn't i really yearn for love and just trying to buzz around and get it from the outside while staying selfish as i am doesn't work for me and doesn't work for everyone for anyone so let me put the question how i how i can attain real love because i yearn for love and how i can transform to facilitate such a love in my life. This would be the first step. All right, so putting the question. This is a, it's a good point, I think. I, I guess people could agree to that. All right, if you want to deal with anything in life, if you, if you want to you know, really get to the bottom of something, you will ask yourself first, all right, so, so what am I looking for? Why am I looking into this? And even as you say, just to acknowledge, okay, I am looking for this all right let's first of all establish that we are all looking for love or at least most of us i'd say 99.9 percent of us in the most uh, cases we will be searching for that fulfillment in the depths of our heart a fulfillment of love all right now what is that love and i would like us we'll probably be talking about this many times i guess in in coming um sessions but like I would like to first of all distinguish a little bit okay so what makes a real love practically different from a let's say you know I don't think there's such a thing as an unreal love but I guess more so just confusing other things with love like mixing that into the picture I guess in romantic relationships this is like a big thing that infatuation um, just like takes up a big part especially in the beginning of the relationship, takes up a big part of what is happening between the two. And then maybe later on it might not be infatuation that is so much anymore in the center, but maybe security, 
or familiarity or something like that and then because it feels good it feels comfortable it feels warm we take it to be love or it feels excited exciting it feels passionate and so forth then we take it to be love but um it maybe that that is not somehow really the core of the love i guess it could be called maybe a symptom of the love that we you know when when we feel love and uh, like we feel actively loving and also we feel that we are loved um it it does create some fundamental security i don't i don't think it's so weird that we might be confusing these two because i mean you know if we want to speak in a dimension of enlightenment the the only safe thing is god you know is the great spirit is eternal consciousness is the cosmic existence what whatever you want to call it but that you know singularity that oneness that eternal source point of everything that's the only thing that is sure and in the spiritual context very often so we say above all god is love and love is god so that everything is somehow very deeply related to a sense of love so it would make sense that if you feel um both from a spiritual standpoint if you feel love you feel more in contact with god you feel more in contact with that one thing that can't be shaken that can't be taken away obviously that would make you feel more secure on a more psychological social level if you feel especially if you feel loved which usually implies also that you are loving a big thing actually that i think should be underlined when we speak about real love is uh it will always go both ways it is impossible to really fully feel loved if you are not loving it just it just won't happen and i feel that's like a practical point maybe we can get back to it it's a practical point that many p people tend to uh ignore because simply they they maybe don't know um but yeah we are social beings we we do rely on social relationships we do um rely on somehow being part of a group of having you know what we call in psychology healthy attachments and having someone to um to to take care of us us taking care of them being together in a group being together in the world being together in this jungle of life and so forth which then um would again make sense why would i feel more safe maybe if i'm in love with someone but that doesn't mean that you know the safety equals the love because you might be in a ravishing amazing love and not feel safe that might very well be the case so they definitely don't exclude one another so i guess what i'm trying to say is there are characteristics um or maybe experiences that we do correlate with love but they are maybe not the same as love and i feel um maybe what we sort of you know just roll around with um thinking oh yeah well clearly you know when i'm when i'm in love um for some time when i'm with someone in a relationship for three five years or something i do feel a sense of belonging i feel a sense of uh, safety i feel a sense of stability and so on and then it might be easy to say well yeah okay obviously you know that belongs to the love and therefore maybe it might be um good to look into no but wait a second if we look at it consciously and not just somehow from our day-to-day -day experiences which are very much filtered through how are we socialized how's our culture built and all of that then when we when we look at it consciously and we say okay no let's look at it what's the deal here what is love really that could be really helpful uh, i think for people yeah so love would have these two ingredients it would have the ingredients of sacrifice 
And then the other ingredient is all the benefits of love, all the beneficial consequences of love. Mm-hmm. So love would start with this sacrifice. We, we sacrifice our aloneness. We s- sometimes sacrifice you know, our time, our resources for the one that we love. And as we sacrifice, we feel somehow, let's say, love stands in the center, somehow invisibly. And then from love, we have, s- love is, is not just invisible, it is, there's an impossibility of seeing love itself Mm. but you see its manifestation as sacrifice and then you see wow so much i want to sacrifice for the one that i love i must love them very much and then from that love appears a tremendous amount of benefits confidence security joy a sense of meaning in life you know people go to work and the work is hard and they hate it and they fight with their boss. But they love the people they provide. And that love gives them power to bear another day, another month, another decade at work. So love sits there and one of the benefits that love gives is a meaningful life. I mean, it's a huge hmm. benefit. Love being uh, invisible in its let's say in its core mm-hmm. uh, when it is a cause it is invisible we get caught up in time our, our mind tend to follow that which is measurable that which is obvious that which is seen so in time we lose contact with the love we lose contact with the sacrifice and we run after the benefits the sense of security we get attached yeah and then instead of love when we get so as long as we are there in this invisible core of love sacrifice emanates harmoniously spontaneously from our hearts and all the benefits of love are a consequence which we are not concerned of but it rains and pours on us like grace When we lose this contact, we direct somehow the center of our being from the love itself to the consequences of love. We will try to take the consequences of love without love, without sacrifice. And for that, we will have attachment. And then I will get security, not by actually loving and by actually making a sacrifice to be intimate, to help out, to do all sorts of things which come from there. But instead, I will find security by suffocating the one I love, Mm -hmm. by controlling them, by uh, threatening them, by... And then there's another kind of... Because they're also attached. They also have their ego hook. So the love is suffocated in that way. And it is is not not to... Oversimplify it. It is not a simple challenge to stay in the love because the love is not as visible as the security, not as visible as the actions, not as visible as the sex. Hmm. So, so we need to acknowledge the challenge that the thing that we search for the most, which is the essence and why we came here and the meaning of our life, is essentially invisible. It is a bit slippery. But we can find it as an inner sensation. Mm. 
And that, if we train our, our cap capability, our sensitivity and our honesty, we will see love feels different than infatuation. Love feels different than attachment. What would be our good indicator is that love, and this is only love, real love, it spontaneously and joyfully brings me to sacrifice. Mm. If it's a sacrifice which comes from duty, if it's a tight sacrifice, it's a sacrifice which comes from agreement that's not love. When there is love, you joyfully forget yourself for your beloved. And that's only love. So if you can catch the inner sensation, yeah, we, we said first step, identify the need for a love revolution inside. Second step, how do I do it? By identifying love. Third step, how do I identify love? When I feel love, I feel the joy of sacrifice. I just can't help it. Mm. I would like to sacrifice for my beloved. And it doesn't just make me feel, oh, they would like it and I'll be secure. No, it is the joy of the world. My eyes are sparkling because I can stay up all night and do this for my beloved. And I'm tired, but I love it. And I'm happy and life has meaning and I am empowered by love. So this is a very good indicator because none of the other categories clicks there. Yeah, I like very much how you're putting it, how it is somehow. I, I like to come back to this, how it is a double a double flow somehow. So if we if we want to break down a, a few points, practical points, you already made a nice list just now. We're definitely uh, looking at a healthy sacrifice. And then also this, there's always a double way to love. It always comes around somehow. So like what I've noticed, for example, uh, maybe a little caveat for people who are listening. Um, we are speaking here pretty much like right now we are pretty much on this on the spiritual tangent of this whole subject and if you would consider love uh, from a more researchy psycho psychological perspective you will find you will find different uh, things around it like we are mainly speaking on a spiritual um, from a spiritual viewpoint and also regarding how love is somehow represented within the soul considering different systems of spirituality so just for you to to know and one of the of those systems that we are actually referring to um which well you know also just from from experience for me it is very clear when i'm very much in love i sacrifice and sometimes you know you know how it is when then the ego even catches that sacrifice and you might just burn yourself out actually which then it's uh, that is not anymore correlated with love so much but that might be something that is happening um, and that uh, is actually something that we find in the Mahavidya uh, tantric tradition of the uh, ten great cosmic powers, of which these highly, uh, like let's say, essential energies of the universe, if you will, they are correlated. Some of them with one another. For example, time and space. So time is one cosmic energy or one goddess, as it's sometimes put, and um, with the name Kali. And then space is another one, Bhuvaneshwari, the that cosmic dimension that creates space. So time and space, clearly they are linked. So these two, they are considered sisters or correlated or however you want to put it. And um, uh, there's more correlations, for example, uh, void and complete, uh, void and complete plenitude and abundance and, and all of that. They, those two belong together and are sisters. 
And then interestingly, and at first when I studied this, it didn't really click for me so much. I was quite young. Um, that there's this correlation between the cosmic power of love, Tripura Sundari, and then the great cosmic power of sacrifice, Tripura Bhairavi. And these two belong together, actually. And what I've noticed in relationships, like in my own relationships, is when the sacrifice um, when the sacrifice stops, the love stops. It's very clear. Like this for me is 100% clear. In the moment, and but really to the second sometimes, like in the moment in, in my relationship, one of the two of us would express, I'm not willing to put in this effort, the relationship would end, sometimes within days, sometimes within hours of that statement. Sorry, I don't want to make the sacrifice. Okay, boom, relationship ends. It's very interesting how they are somehow very, very much related to one another. And what I've also experienced sometimes, and the two of us can definitely attest to that, sometimes sitting just in the worst crisis, both of us just like, how will we possibly pull through through this how can we save this love that is clearly there between the two of us but it cannot express because the relationship is so you know just in such a state of crisis somehow um, and then in that moment deciding to make an, a very deliberate sensible effort it will create a change that will lead to more love and I've experienced this in relationship also before I was into yoga, into tantra, before I knew these things. I've seen this so clearly. I would sit with my boyfriend and we would be like, yeah, okay, I, I think this is it. And then we'll be like, yeah, or we could try this little thing, this little effort, you know, cut a little here, try a little here. Both of us giving something, both of us really feeling in our heart, what can we offer? And then second spring or fifth or tenth spring or whatever it is right after that so i think that that correlation is super super clear and then the other thing that i find very clear is that there will always be this double road and i think you you put it quite nicely you can see it in this correlation between sacrifice and love so if you do the sacrifice in order to obtain love nothing happens if you do the sacrifice for the sake of the sacrifice, love will rain on you. This for me is super clear in my own experience and well, by uh, principle, at least in the tantric context, it is somehow also quite clear. If we sacrifice just in order to get something, it won't work. If we sacrifice because of the joy of sacrificing, which is actually somehow stimulated by the love, which is like, you know what? I don't need to get anything out of this. I don't even need to get a smile from the other. I don't even need to get a thank you. And I had these moments in relationships where the other one was just so encrusted in their own story and into their own ego thing and so forth. But if I would do the sacrifice, it would move me forward into love. And then sometimes <laughs> it would not still be really possible to stay together if, you know, because it needs to be again a, a double situation the sacrifice needs to come from both it is not enough to uphold a love relationship when it's just one of you investing but that doesn't mean the one that is investing shouldn't be investing that sacrifice they should because it's good for your own heart it will ignite even more love if you do that yeah and then on the other hand like you um like you put it in the beginning this idea of of active love that we actually talk about a lot that is also one of these double elements you you will love not in order to then obtain love but you just love and then as you love love reigns through you pours around you it's just 
all over the place. And then very clearly the opposite. People that don't feel loved, very often they don't love very much. Like they have an idea of maybe loving. There's some sort of conceptualization that they would like to love someone, but there is just nobody to love. And clearly everybody else around them doesn't love them. No, I call bullshit. Absolutely not. I really believe that um, the, the moment you sit and you start to actively love, even just the plant in your room, yourself, of course, as well, but especially giving something out into the universe from a love, loving place, you will all of a sudden feel loved. Like I've experienced that also on my own accord, just feeling shelled in and you know just feeling maybe being in a in a heartache moment or some horrible moment and in the moment i step out of that and i offer just anything to anyone around me it will just immediately break the spell somehow and i will feel again how just love flows towards me i don't even know from where it's coming yes i feel somehow that the the deep misunderstanding that we have well, let's take it one step backwards. We have two functions. One of them is to maintain ourselves. And the other one is to serve, to give, to fulfill a purpose. Yeah, as everything in nature, from the cells of our body to plants to everything that is alive, it is, you know, the little bee has to eat enough to maintain itself and the rest it is working for the beehive, the cell has to have enough uh, whatever substances, glucose and oxygen, whatever it takes, sustain itself and then fulfill its role in the tissue and the organ and the organ itself. This, this pattern of having what is needed for the maintenance of the organ and then serving further a purpose. And somehow the, our society which is very much our mind. I mean, this is we got a mind and we got words and we got the whole verbal side of our being from society. So we think it's actually society thinking. Yeah, as Krishnamurti called it, your brain is actually the brain of humanity because we are wired in that way. These two are completely out of proportion. Mm -hmm. The amount of maintenance if you look at cells and whatever be the amount of resources needed for maintenance for anything in nature, let's say we take the average there and then the amount of purpose that it serves, human beings, the way human beings think is completely way too much towards maintaining myself and way too little for serving a purpose. Again, there are some exceptional human beings that had this balance correctly and they really left an impact at humanity. Mm. But big numbers of people, they miss that. And if you look at the weekly schedule, going to work to get money for myself, not because I'm, my work serves anything. I work in a factory for weapons and I, that's, I wish there were weapons, but I need to make a living. And then returning home and consuming entertainment and pleasure from whatever in front of the screen or whatever doing there and then going and consuming consuming the money that we earned only for ourselves is a completely improportional and unnatural way of living which will obviously okay now you're fighting with the universe the universe brought you and your body so that five percent ten percent twenty percent of your life will go on maintenance and 
80%, 90%, 95% will be on doing something of meaning, doing something of purpose. And love is that. You know, from love comes meaning and purpose. Love is the power to serve. Yeah, you can say that the love that exists, if we, if we, just to make an analogy, the love that exists in our cells make them aware of the entire organ and serve it. The love that exists in the organ makes the organ serve the body. And that's why there's an organ there in the first place. And the, the power that makes a bee serve the beehive is again, you can say, a form of love. And us as human beings, if we would have had that one ingredient, yeah, you can say, oh, we want to solve the problems of humanity. We get, I don't know what, medicine. We get, I don't know what, GDP. We get some social, economical. Forget about it. Love. It's not going to go mentally. If there was this love that could put us in that place, which I strongly believe it is 100% possible, through proper education and through understanding and spiritual methods to awaken tremendous love in the vast majority of people and it will also make them very happy. So if we awaken such a love inside, those proportions will come in place and we will do the little that we need to do. A little bit of sleep, a little bit of food, a little bit of entertainment from time to time if it's needed. But it's also less and less needed when you have love because love is so joyous. And then from love comes our service, our sacrifice to our whole, our family, our country, humanity. When you actually love humanity, which if you look down somewhere in your heart, you actually love humanity. If you really look and allow that love to burn and to grow, you're willing to make a sacrifice for humanity. And you are empowered tremendously for that. And it is the, the potential of humanity. Humanity in love can attain extraordinary things. Yeah, look at a bee and then honey is created. How amazing is that? Beehive, a bit of love. They work because one bee cannot create honey. They need a beehive. Well, humans can create something much more extraordinary than honey. They can also create horrible things without, in the absence of love. Mm. But if we awaken such a love that we will have, as we mentioned before, the joy of sacrifice as a constant state, because if many people will have it, it will catch on. As a constant state, we will live out of this joy of sacrifice. Humanity will create wonderful things, tremendously wonderful things. And the best, uh, let's say, clue for that is the biographies of saints and masters. Mm -hmm. From Muktananda to Abba Antony to St. Francis to Yogananda to the life of the Buddha to the life of Rumi. Yeah, to the life of St. Vincent Ferrer and so forth. Their biographies, Mother Teresa and Teresa Neumann and whoever, their biographies, Gandhi, <laughs> <laughs> their biographies show Milarepa. Milarepa. <laughs> what happens when love is established? Mm. 
because love empowers the joy of sacrifice empowers you say it's not possible somebody lives like that even padre pio from the 20th century impossible that somebody lived like that it is possible because he had so much love so he was empowered to act so intensely chico javier would not sleep nights and answer letters of people that he doesn't know and give them divine answers to have his eyes bleeding he was so tired but he loved people that he doesn't know so he was empowered tremendously and this is really where it stands you will be beneficially powerful in direct proportion to how much you love and you will live a life of meaning in direct proportion to how much you love. It's so like, this is the clue. It's yes. like that uh, that quote, when love becomes exactly. infinite, the impossible becomes easily possible. Easily possible, yes. Yeah, and I, I definitely have experienced such uh, states momentarily, like not just for two seconds, but like over stretches of time, but not continuous. Um, yeah, exactly like that. Just feeling that when just putting love first love first love first continuously and indeed what seemed absolutely impossible for me would be all of a sudden possible it would propel me into immense practice into immense meditations immense just leaps forward and that might actually maybe before we wrap up we can put that as as one of the signs of Uh, of real love like real love will always transform you and it will always propel you to to wish to to better yourself not like a motivational scheme but just just wishing to to somehow clean up that that diamond that you already are deep inside and just removing the charcoal around in order to offer that to the beloved may the beloved be god or may the beloved be in the flesh doesn't matter or may the beloved be your your calling your vocation your purpose whatever but the point is that you will be really compelled to clean yourself up you will feel to do that for the sake of that love that you feel, not for the sake of another person, for the sake of the love that you feel for another person, for a calling for God and so forth. And then it becomes again this, this two-way self-perpetuated inner thing where you, you actually, by offering yourself to the other, you become perfect. This is the interesting thing. But then again, if you do it in order to become perfect, it doesn't work. So it's a very mysterious way of actually even discovering, as I see it, the nature of God, the nature of unity, of oneness, however you want to call it. Yes. I can share from my life that, let's say for many years I was very, very occupied with love and active love and learning to love more, but almost two years ago I realized that this is the thing essentially the only thing and that there is nothing more important than that and I somehow made since then this inner commitment to give this quest the first place in my life and that I, I somehow understood that there is no other way 
that I, I will never find the fulfillment, the happiness, the accomplishment that I seek in any other way. I tried. I tried for 40 years and I, I realized that nothing else would work. And since then, I've dedicated, and it's also like dedicated all my inner resources, or maybe all my inner resources is a bit much says, but many inner resources and literally many hours throughout the day learning to love more and praying asking to love more and since then my life makes sense until then it, i thought my life made sense but it was a very faint sense yeah and it's interesting actually because i mean we've been together for seven years so i've I've seen you in both ways somehow. And I mean, even when we met, you were one of the more loving people I knew. And because you've already, as you said, put a lot of effort and transformations and so forth into that due to yoga, so and so. But still, the somehow watching the the core of your of your being, if you will, from uh being quite selfish and, and then getting the point okay wait a second i've been practicing so much in order to become more and more loving and it's like well wait a second i keep not being able to offer the diamond because you know i wrap it up into other charcoal over and over again due to the selfishness and i know this from myself as well that somehow in, in you because you are so steady in your transformation it's just like a massive shift and it's so interesting how different you are in the past two years in terms of I have the feeling even though you've like for me you've always been someone who transforms tremendously fast but just comparing those five years that I knew you then and then the two years that were much more based on having love somehow at the center as you say and not as something that is also added but really as the central point I don't know, but your transformation has been has gone from immense to just like out of the out of the gate. I don't even know how to put it. It's just so different and it makes it so evident for me again this correlation between love and transformation. This this is so undoubtedly clear to me and I somehow see and I really admire how you do this with um just um removing any doubt that love comes first somehow and then that because that propels you out of the ego continuously it just propels you out of any exaggerated self-concern and you know and you didn't disappear you didn't uh, now become the doormat of everybody not at all you know that that didn't happen and I mean, again, my transformations are not as stable. It's usually I have periods where I'm full on with something and then a part of it sort of comes with me as I go. But definitely I've had periods where my motivation was purely based on love. And then just the leaps that I make, even within days, is just really, really incredible. And But as a last notion... Um, like I would if I would want to put a call to action I will ask you also if you want to put a call to action um, on this whole love subject 
I would definitely say dare to sacrifice and understand that you are not sacrificing for another person. The sacrifice that you are putting in, it will come right back at you. It just it will just be it will be an immediate harvest happening from that sacrifice. Of course, again, a real sacrifice is not done because you want to get the the treat in the end somehow because you want to be rewarded. That's not the point, but the point is to have that courage. You know, in the moment you find yourself saying, oh, I don't want to put the effort into this relationship. This is too much to ask for. Come on, now she wants that. Now he wants that. No, when you catch yourself in, in that, when that comes up, sit down, see if you can, um, see if you can find that place inside of you that happily sacrifices. Not to make everything happen the way that the other one wants. That's not the point but to see if you could step back from whatever desire is pulling you in this direction or that direction and see if you could replace it with a, a solid sacrifice of your own limits, a sacrifice of that which anyways you don't want to keep. If you really want to get liberated, if you really want to get enlightened, if you really want to awaken your soul or if you really just want to know a little bit of some truth, why are you interested in limits? It doesn't make no sense to keep them. Sooner or later, anyways, they gotta go on the, on the fire, you know, and burn. So why not burn it then and there, as you have an opportunity to love, as you have an opportunity to give yourself to your beloved, to God, to your purpose or whatever it may be. What's your call to action? My call to action would be to wrestle with these ideas mm. to see where you stand because many people they come out of our lecture and say ah oh, these two they have such a nice voice and, <laughs> and, <laughs> i slept so well yeah and then, and then no it's like oh it was very interesting and then it a spark stays but it's normally coming from the subconscious you feel a bit inspired a little bit wrestle with it argue with it you know is love really the most important thing in life? Is love really the essence of meaning? Does real love always come with the with this joy of sacrifice? What is love for you? How important is it? Is it a challenge that interests you to love more? And if so, what would that mean? So the call to action is to question to wrestle, to see this from many angles. And as you put yourself with these ideas, because now these ideas are there. They are just nice ideas. You can say, I agree, I don't agree. It sounds nice, doesn't sound nice. But you, with these ideas, how would they dress in your life? What would your life look if you would put love first and say, the heck with it, I want to be happy. I want to live a life of meaning, comfort, yeah, whatever. Comfort never got me very far. Manipulation didn't get me very far. Why don't I try love? How would that look? What would your life look next week, next month, next year, if love was the most important thing and you would actively give your time, your resources, the selection of words, the selection of action, having love in the first place? So this is my call to action play with these ideas and see what you want in your life and what doesn't touch you. 
Yeah, that's very beautiful. I think it's a very good moment to wrap it up. No, what do you say? I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> yeah, and we hope very much in the future to bring you more um, just talks like this about subjects that might be, um, well, quite vast like this one. I mean, love will be able to talk about that um, again and again um, or maybe other subjects that might interest you. So please feel free to send an email to a walk in the heart at gmail.com and um, uh, write us what you would be interested to hear us talk about or give our little give our little um, sparks of inspiration around those. Um, also, if you have questions, specific questions, we are always always happy to to answer them to you in the Q and A sessions. And um, yeah, we'll hope to see you around for the next episode. Before you go anywhere, please be so kind. Uh, hit the like, subscribe, reviews, five stars, please, uh, 20 brownie points, all the stuff that you can do on whatever <laughs> platform you might be on. That will be super helpful for us and will also inspire us each time you we see a little cute uh, review or a little five stars. It inspires us to continue and to see that you're interested in, in what we're doing. So thank you very much for doing that. You want to sign us off? So please remember... First love, then do. Bye.